0: It's 2024, and this is the first Dirt Radio program for the year. What, uh, uh, and what a wonderful, beautiful day it is outside. My name's Geoff Waters, and I'm the offshore fossil gas campaigner for Friends of the Earth Australia. And uh, uh, I'm joined in the studio today by the absolutely sensational and one of the highest-achieving campaigners you'll ever meet, uh, our uh, uh, No More Gas campaigner, Freya Leonard. Good morning Freya.
1: Good morning to you Jeff. Thanks for that superlative introduction. <laughs>
0: oh I could have gone on for ages.
1: That was nothing. Um, so we're, we're coming to you today
0: live and from this beautiful beautiful on this beautiful day from the banks of the Birrarung here in beautiful Nam, where uh, we are all listening from or I'm speaking from unceded land. So we uh, we must remember that the indigenous people of this country are actually, technically, our sovereigns. So uh, there you are. Sorry about that, Queenie. Oh, sorry, Kingie. We've got a king now. Yep. Showing my age already. <laughs> so um, today we're going to uh, uh, have a bit of a gas bag uh, with two gas campaigners, myself and Freya, and uh, we're going to go through uh, what has been happening in the gas uh, campaigning area and. What uh, we can expect coming up in the year of twenty twenty four. So um, we'll kick off with uh, Freya's campaign, Freya, Freya Leonard. That is, what uh, what happened in your campaign or in, in that sort of sphere in twenty
1: twenty three. Yes. So it's been a really interesting time. Twenty twenty three is the year that uh, the. Governments around Australia started to really understand that gas, fossil gas, is the problem that we've all been saying it is for some time. you know, so um, we're seeing the um, federal government starting to acknowledge some of the climate impacts of gas and we've seen some of that work reflected in the safeguard mechanism. But here in Victoria, we've had some really interesting developments, and the Victorian government continues to be the most progressive yes. of all of the state territory and even the federal governments.
0: Yes, the People's Republic of Victoria.
1: Around so-called Australia. So and, um And... Uh, it's, it's been just such a full-on year last year. So I've had so, so many campaigns on the boil, it's sort of been hard to find time to scratch myself. We've been pushing well, yeah, back. yeah,
0: you've spread yourself very thin, actually.
1: Yeah, I'm really working at um, stripping it back this mm. year and, and doing a couple of things well rather than sort of several things quite badly. But, um, oh, that's not true.
0: <laughs> that's not true, listener. Don't listen to us. <laughs>
1: that's just what it feels like. And, um, and so last year we saw the campaign against seismic blasting really ramp up. Uh, a bunch of us went to Canberra in March. Uh, a bunch of delegates. We've all been sort of working together. A number of different groups under the banner of the Southern Ocean's, Ocean Defenders Alliance, and so that's Soda. Soda, that's right. And and that's uh, us, Friends of the Earth. We've had Surf Rider Foundation. We've had the Australian Marine Conservation Society. We've had Ocean, um, the Wilderness Society. A number of other smaller groups have been. Uh, SOPEC, Southern Ocean um, Protection Embassy Collective, which is a good Nichimara-led organisation, have all been pushing back against seismic blasting. We have been caught through... Before we go on, yeah. sorry, yeah. Um,
0: could you please explain to us what seismic blasting oh, is? Oh, thank
1: you, yes. I do um, I do sit so deep in this well sometimes. Uh, we all do, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, but, yeah, listen to Seism-
1: my... Yeah, seismic blasting is the process for um, that's used to explore for new oil and gas offshore, It is incredibly damaging, 3D seismic blasting, Uh, releases 250 decibels of noise every four to ten seconds. How loud is that? That's louder than the Hiroshima bomb, Jeff, in the ocean. And so it deafens whales. It absolutely obliterates the zooplankton that is the larder of the ocean. And we don't really know what the full scale of impact is because there has never been a comprehensive study done on a whole of marine environment impact. Surprise, surprise. Right. So, but we do know from um, the local fishers that every time there has been a seismic blasting event taking place in the Southern Ocean, that they have lost an entire year class of pelagic fish. Uh, We know that um, crayfish lose their buoyancy and uh, um, float to the top of the ocean, belly up, and are there, you know, therefore really easily predated. It's just, it it, it has a mind-boggling effect on the ocean, and of course, deafening whales. You know, deaf whale is a dead whale. Yeah, uh, so, indeed. and it's all looking for oil and gas. The gas wouldn't be produced for another 15 to 20 years um, after the seismic blasting. Yeah, So
0: by the time they've done the blasting and then put in a gas field.
1: Yep then it'll be redundant. It'll all be over. The gas industry will be will be dead, dead. So, um, so it is really the unconscionable in the search for the unnecessary and a number of us have been pushing back against it. We met with a very warm reception when we went to federal parliament in March. Um, we found that most politicians we spoke to really just didn't know anything about it and once we explained it to them and it didn't matter what party they were You know, from we spoke to liberals, we spoke to Labour, we spoke to independents, teals, greens, and uh, the greens were reasonably across it. But um, other MPs had never even heard of it and were outraged at the impact of it. So uh, that that was a really successful um, meeting, series of meetings that we took. Um, to Canberra. And we have found now that we're starting to get more traction on that campaign. We're also seeing that a lot of the proponents who want to go out there and do the seismic blasting are very defensive, very, very much on the back foot. And, uh, And they know that they're under scrutiny for the first time ever, really, in Australia. So this is a powerful moment in a campaign to stop a thing that has been out of sight and out of mind for far too long. For you know us, us two-legged people on Earth, but not for marine species, obviously. You know, so that that was that was a, a that has been a really strong sort of kickoff to a campaign that has been a long time coming. We saw the Victorian government uh, release the Victorian Gas Substitution Roadmap 2.0. Um, I've found that to be a much more encouraging document than the original. We have the Victorian government committing to ban new gas connections for residential and commercial buildings, which is not before time. That's huge. It is huge. First and time in the country. It is the first time in the country, yeah. and um, and so and that doesn't that won't take effect until later this year. Uh, well, actually, until next year. But um, but we all have also seen um, a greater budget commitment to helping people swap out their old gas appliances for new efficient electric appliances only. Previously the Victorian Energy Upgrades Program was helping people to replace their old gas appliances with new gas appliances, which we were not really big on. Uh, so so great to see the Victorian government stepping up and starting to take some, you know, steps in the right direction. Um, disappointingly they don't they still don't have a plan to retire the gas distribution network that is the pipeline system that delivers gas to our homes
0: and to the atmosphere because at- it leaks so much
1: it leaks at around 3.7% of the gas and wow. and i mean this is a real problem for uh, the climate as we are entering a climate tipping point now we can't afford any more gas to enter the atmosphere it's 80 times more destructive to the climate over a 20-year period than carbon dioxide and the climate just can't afford another scintilla of gas so we really need a plan to shut down the pipeline system Um, there's an exposed pipe across the road from my house and a gas main pipe that's fully exposed across the road from my house. It's cast iron. It looks like it's only a matter of minutes before it just dissolves completely. And this is the state of our gas distribution system. Rather than upgrading it, we need a plan to retire it. And we need that plan to be rapid, orderly and equitable. Our campaign has been saying that for some time. We're continuing to lean on the Victorian government to urge them to make a plan that is going to ensure that when the system is shut down, and it is when, not if, it is done in a way that makes sure that the lower-income people aren't left behind on yes. a languishing system, paying a service charge that just increases and increases as more and more people abandon the system. So um, so we there's still a bit of work to do, but, I'll, um, but just um, on that, while we're talking about the gas pipeline system, the Essential Services Commission is the Victorian government agency that administers the pipes and, uh, and they get it. So they have um, uh, released a um, pipeline system code of practice paper and in that they are proposing that um, currently it is free to connect to gas and you pay all of the charges at the point of disconnection. We've been arguing with the Essential Services Commission that it should be completely the other way around. All the costs should be at point of connection and then it should be free or minimal cost to leave the system. And they have adopted that proposal that we've been putting to them for some time and we're really heartened to see that.
0: Fantastic. You're listening to 3CR Radical Radio. Well, you're listening to Dirt Radio on 3CR from Friends of the Earth, your friendly neighbourhood environmental campaigners trying to save the world for you. And uh, my name is Geoff Waters. I'm joined in the studio by Freya Leonard, who is also a campaigner for Friends of the Earth. And uh, Freya, you've been talking about uh, what has been happening over the past year in the gas campaigning sphere. Mm. Uh what can what's going to happen this year? What what can we expect to see in 2024?
1: Well, Jeff, I mean it's already kicking off this year. Um I have just had the most energizing weekend at Oh my god. Uh, oh yes, at Barwon Heads and Ocean Grove with the Summer of Seismic Action and their Great Ocean uh, the Great Ocean Rescue that has been organized by our friends at Otway Coastal Environment Action Network, that's Ocean Um, Check them out. They're at ocean.org.au and they have an incredible list of events that they're rolling out across January along the Great Ocean Road. Um, There's been a screening of the wonderful Surfrider Foundation film Southern Blast, which really unpacks the impacts of uh, seismic blasting. And with a particular focus on one proposal that is on foot at the moment, it's 5.5 million hectares of ocean. It's roughly the size of Tasmania to be blasted off the west coast of Victoria and and around King Island and Tasmania. So um, it's, it's it's a campaign of information to just inform the locals what is likely to come to their shore if we all don't stand up and stop it and to give everybody an opportunity to speak out against it. We were really heartened to see. The Barwon Heads Hall was chockers on Friday night for the screening of Southern Blast. <laughs> and in the Q&A panel afterwards, the audience was incredibly engaged. Some of the questions were fantastic. So were they all surfers and young people or, or well, was the whole community there? there was, I mean, you know, representatives from across the community but also people from out of area because a lot of people have holiday homes or, you know, yeah. you know, spend January along the Great Ocean Road. And uh, word had got around, clearly. I mean, we kept having to bring out more and more chairs to accommodate Mm. all of the people who were coming in. So that was fantastic. And then the next day, we saw around 300 people hit the streets of Ocean Grove, Walk down the main street. Shopkeepers standing in the doorways applauding.
0: Three hundred people in Ocean Grove. That's almost what—that doubling the population. Well, or
1: something. I mean, it was it was remarkable. We were we would have been happy if we'd seen a hundred people marching, mm. and the spirits were high. It was an incredibly moving event. You know, at the end, we walked to the um, the lookout over the foreshore, and we heard from. Um, Mitch Pope from Ocean, we heard from a a couple of marine biologists, including Annie Ford, who works for Surfrider Foundation, Uh, We heard from the wonderful uh, Yarran Cousins Bundle, Gunditjmara woman and head of Southern Ocean Protection Embassy Collective talking about the um, traditional custodian perspective and the importance of maintaining the health of sea country. So it was an incredibly powerful and moving event and it was just the beginning of several more such events. Um, This coming weekend there's a screening and a rally, a screening at Wye River and a rally at Apollo Bay. And then the following weekend, that's the weekend 20 to 21, there is another screening at Port Ferry and then a paddle out and film screening <laughs> at Warrnambool. Uh, I really again urge you to go to ocean, that's O C E A N dot org um, forward slash Great Ocean Rescue, or one word, and check out some of the events that are going. And if you're going to be anywhere along the Great Ocean Road, come along and get involved. It's uh, a now or never moment to push back against seismic blasting. So, uh, yeah, really fantastic. I'm I'm going to be heading along to as many of those as I can get to. I'll certainly be there for the paddle out. Wouldn't miss it for the world.
0: Yes, in Warnambool. And that's, uh, what, not this weekend but the one after?
1: That's right. That's
0: right. right. And do you know which day?
1: Uh, that is the twenty first of January. Okay, that'll yeah. be quite a
0: quite an event, I imagine. It's I, quite a carnival atmosphere. It's going to be huge,
1: <laughs> and it will be. Uh, and it's look the timing couldn't be better. It's um, I noticed right at the end of last year I was involved in a government briefing about the Victorian Gas Substitution Roadmap two <coughs> And it, I noticed for the first time that the Q and A was absolutely stacked with gas industry shills. Mm-hmm. They were trotting out all of the lines from um, the gas industry, including that gas is a necessary transition fuel, which is not. It's an absolute nonsense. Um, they were, you know, rustling up the old "What about our barbecues? Trying to take our barbecues away from us?" You know, it was like all of that kind of narrative. They finally seem to have understood that it is absolutely a matter of time before the gas industry has to go and they are clawing back Whatever they can, they are absolutely desperately buying themselves a stay of execution. And this year, we will see more of that. I expect. You know, last towards the end of last year, they were offering to pay people five hundred dollars to connect to gas, which was hilarious because the Victorian government had capped disconnections at two hundred and twenty, so you could connect to gas and then disconnect and the next day and, and pocket <laughs> pocket hundred two <laughs> ah, ah, ah. hundred eighty <laughs> bucks. So um, that was pretty awesome. And. Uh, uh, but but that just really speaks Can to the desperation. Can you do it more than once? Oh, I was, well, I was thinking, could you disconnect for two hundred and twenty dollars, yeah. connect, pocket the five hundred dollars, yeah. and then disconnect again, and you'd still turn a small profit. True. Right. So, um, so, but anyway, we're not—we're not absolutely not recommending that people no, do that, of no, course. Please. No, don't be, yeah, don't be silly. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but we do expect this year that they will be pulling out all stops. We're going to see a really aggressive advertising campaign yes. across social media and in mainstream media. That's what they do. That's what they do. And we're going to—I expect that we're going to have lobbyists in the parliaments of Australia just desperately hassling the politicians to. Um, you know, hold off on any reforms that are going to, in any way, damage the gas industry. They they get it. They get that we're coming for them. They get that it's only a matter of time, and they will do whatever it takes to keep themselves in business for as long as possible, destroying the planet, and destroying the climate, and destroying our health as well, because gas in the home is a serious health issue. So, yeah, lots coming up this year. We are really urging people to go to Melbourne faux website and go to the, gas, the No More Gas page and get involved. We are going to need a grassroots army, Jeff, to push back against this. It's going to take all of us to do it. We need to do it now. There is no time to waste. Climate impacts are coming to rip off our heads and poo down our necks all over Australia and all around the world, and we haven't a moment to lose. So we're really calling on anyone who's listening to this to go to the Melbourne Faux website. What's the address? It is... F O E, oh, good on you, Jeff. Thanks oh, no, I'm stunned. No, no, you. no, that's okay. It's um, that's Melbourne. Okay.
0: You said poo down my neck just a minute ago.
1: That's <laughs> not your me. neck, Jeff. Never. That stumped me. Um, Melbournefoe.org.au forward slash gas.
0: Melbournefoe.org.au forward slash gas. And get involved. Get involved, please, listener. We need you. We really do need you to help stop these evil people. I don't understand how they lay straight in bed at night. Now, let's go to a quick track, uh, one of my favourites. And this song is devoted to, dedicated, I should say, to Alana Mountain, the forest campaigner, because this is her favourite song.
2: And now to sing this lovely ballad. Here is Mama Cats. Star shining bright above. as can be, dream a little dream of me.
0: What a sensational, beautiful song. I just love that. Mamas and the Papas. Dream a little dream of me. Takes me back to my childhood. Um, so, you're listening to 3CR. And this is Dirt Radio from uh, Friends of the Earth. And uh, uh, we're talking to Freya Leonard, who is uh, a No More Gas campaigner. And I'm Jeff Waters, the offshore fossil gas
1: campaigner. Jeff! Yes, We've heard the drinking from a fire hose version of 2023 into 2024 (laughs) from me. I'd love to hear from you what you've been up to and what what is coming up for you this year.
0: Well, I'll try and keep it brief if I can, but uh, my principal um, uh, concern in campaigning is, uh, as my title suggests, offshore fossil gas, methane, of course, uh, and particularly the decommissioning of the 60 or so platforms that need to come out of the ocean uh, in the next decade or so, as well as thousands and thousands of kilometres of pipeline, floating platforms, other material, other assets, all have to come out of the ocean. And of course, the industry just wants to dump them all into the sea. Of course. Uh, So we have had quite a bit of success over the past year in 2023 in bringing this to the attention of parliamentarians, as much as you have. Uh, And uh, lobbying industry, uh, lobbying, uh, getting together with our allies to talk about strategy, etc. But uh, we had a major success about halfway through the year when ESSO announced that it would be removing the, there's 13 platforms off the Victorian coast uh, in Gippsland that have been there, you know, since the 60s and 70s, but now need to be decommissioned. And they're going to be uh, now... So initially wanted to leave them there, just take the top off and and leave the huge amount of steel there. But uh, now it appears, and I don't know if this has to do with the government or whether this was Esso's own decision. I, I would uh, I would suspect that it's the government telling them. But they announced that they would be removing uh, uh, the jackets, the big steel pylons that go down into the ocean for all of those, and they will, all be, and and then that will be recycled, which is great news. Uh, because in total there are more than 14 Sydney Harbour bridges worth of steel out there that nobody has ever accounted for the value of that steel, nor the carbon footprint of not recycling that steel, which is enormous, because to recycle steel you only need electricity, but to manufacture it you need to burn bucket loads of... uh, Well, uh, truckloads of um, fossil fuels, and normally coal. So... Good news there, amazing
1: um, a, a remarkable result. And and not we're not used to hearing. I mean, SO is Exxon Mobil by a different name. We're not yes. we're not used to hearing good decision making coming out from them. So no. this is encouraging. It is. It's very encouraging. Well done.
0: Also, also um, we had Woodside um, in Western Australia remove an 18 story uh, sized piece of steel, a pipe called um, a riser turret mooring, which uh, floats. Vertically in the ocean and connects ships to the wellheads, uh, and uh, so that um, th- they removed that as well. Uh, and they were originally planning to dump that into the ocean, which was great news. Um, but uh, there's also, you know, other things that that aren't so great. You know that we still need to work on substantially. Um, I wanted to tell you something else, listener, but it's just slipped my mind while I was talking. Anyway, the year ahead.
1: Yes, what's coming up? What's, <laughs> what do you anticipate? What, what are the tea leaves saying about 2024 in your cup, I Jeff just Waters? remembered
0: the thing in 2023 that I forgot. Yeah. And that's that we discovered that there was, and Friends of the Earth uncovered, that there was a um, Santos well that had been leaking off Western Australia. For ten years, for a decade, and the government's not doing anything about it. Just amazing. So that's one of the things this year we've got to do is find out how many. There's two and a half thousand plugged and abandoned wells out there. How many are leaking, because they're not being monitored. So that's one of the things we're doing. Also, I'm looking into um, into uh, an emerging issue that I'm, you know, we're investigating, and that is the fact that we've just discovered, as well, Friends of the Earth have discovered, as well, that. In these, uh, in the slops tanks, in the holding tanks of these massive uh, offshore platforms, as well as uh, in storage areas under the sea, uh, are at least two thousand tons of hazardous radioactive material that also needs to be dealt with safely, and then stored somewhere safely two and a half thousand tons now that doesn't include the pipelines and when you suck gas methane and oil out of the out of the the the, the earth uh the the, uh, underneath the sea under uh, the seabed sorry uh you also bring up a whole heap of radioactive material that forms plaques inside the pipes so uh the industry of course uh, is obviously been not telling us about this for decades, but uh, one suspects that the pipelines, particularly down in Gippsland, which are 60 years old or 50 years old, are full of these radioactive mm-hmm. plaques. So uh, we'll be doing a, having a bit of an investigation into how bad this problem is and how much that radioactivity ends up in the gas
1: system. My God, that is just mind-blowing. So gas ain't just gas. It's also naturally occurring radioactive materials.
0: Well, technically enhanced naturally occurring radioactive materials. So that means that they're not naturally occurring. Thank you, gas industry, for coming up with that little name. They are actually enhanced by us pulling them out of the ocean. So, for instance, the radon gas breaks down into polonium and lead isotopes. So, so it's actually worse when you bring it out than mm-hmm. it is when it's
1: under the ground. My goodness, just leave it where it is. Let's all switch to renewables, everybody.
0: Everybody switch to renewables, but everybody also join Friends of the Earth, visit the Friends of the Earth website, get active and get involved. My name's Jeff Waters. Uh, I'm a campaigner for Friends of the Earth and I've been speaking to Freya Leonard. Thank you very much, Freya. Thank you, Jeff. Also a campaigner for Friends of the Earth. And uh, we look forward to, you know, you listening to us again next week when another bunch of campaigners will come in and tell you about what they've been doing and how you can get involved. Don't forget the paddle out in Warrnambool.